Well, hello, folks, and welcome to We the People. This is the American Soccer Podcast, where you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national team. I'm Clayton. I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I'm a web designer. And we love the Nats. It's a new era, baby. Whole new world. Bruce. Bruce. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Oh, Bruce. The game was USA versus Serbia, the first of two friendlies in the January camp, and the first second coming of Bruce Arena, baby, back in the second arena. Second debut. Second day view, honeymoon period. We're going to jump into all the ins and outs of this game, as we always do on this show. Uh, But first, a quick game recap for those of you who missed all the action, the riveting, heart-pumping, (laughs) edge-of-my-seat thriller that was USA versus Serbia. Let's get down with a starting lineup, shall we? Uh, Nick Raimondo, both gloves. Line up, boy. Line up. Nick Raimondo, both gloves. Uh, let's see, uh, as our center backs, Birnbaum and Chad Marshall, welcome back. On the left, we'll have my baby, my pookie baby, Greg Garza. On the right side, we'll have Graham Zusi. Let's try that out, the Zusi experiment. Bradley in a holding midfield position. Jermaine Jones, Alejandro Bedoya, Sasha Kleschen, and of course, getting his first start for the USMNT, Darlington Nagby, the beautiful, the gorgeous porcelain Darlington Nagby. And up front, we'll start our our old standard, Josie Altidore. So uh, this game was a, dare I say it, snooze fest. There was a little action going back and forth. This was what what I'll put in air quotes on experimental Serbian side. I think that's how Ian Dark described it. So not a not a steep level of competition, uh, but nevertheless, the U.S. managed not to score. Uh, there were some bright spots here. Uh, a lot of a lot of action from Darlington Nagby connecting with Sasha Kleschen, which I think everybody was salivating to see. Uh, we'd go into the second half. Jermaine Jones would be taken off the field, not not for injury or anything like that, but we got to see Sebastian Leggett, uh for a nice chunk of time there. And then, of course, the the standard flurry of substitutions at the end of a friendly, so I'll just list all those names real quick. Uh, Chris Pontius, Pontius Pontius, uh, Jorge Villafania, Villafania, Pontius Pilot. Um, blast from the past. Way to go, Bruce. Bringing back Juan Agudelo uh, for a few minutes yep. at the end there. We got to see Benny Failhaber, solid 13 minutes, and Jordan Morris as well. And that was about it. This game would end 0-0. Bruce Arena would re-enter the U.S. team the same way he entered it in the first place with a scoreless draw. Ty, what's your first impressions? Uh, I was happy with the performance overall and particularly happy with the shape and what we were doing tactically. I, I noticed a few very distinct patterns of play that I think are positive and will uh, will give us something to, to build on going into those next matches. Um, I think you overall saw a U.S. team that was reinvigorated and motivated to 
uh, try their best. You saw some effort levels of effort in this game that saw you didn't some, even see in the Costa Rica a- match. The, <laughs> saw some actual the World effort. Cup qualifier. Saw some actual effort, and it it, it reminded me. I I actually at one point, <clears throat> I thought that the game, like I thought that my feed was like three frames too fast every second or something. Like I thought it was on like a slight speed up because I've been used to seeing the U.S. team kind of lollygag around yeah, and they were sure. actually running full speed for, for things sure. and things were happening at a, at a quick pace. So uh, I thought it was, it was a positive performance overall. The things that you saw um, on the negative side, obviously not being able to get a goal, those are natural for uh, this kind of exercise. But it did, uh, it did show us that, you know, Jurgen's insistence on not playing a bunch of attacking midfielders wasn't just a isn't isn't a total um, sort of it wasn't just lunacy that uh, it's not like when you plug in Kleschen and Nagby together they they always are going to score two goals or whatever it's well so it's it, not, it, it exposed it also, some of the it kind of is I mean it looked amazing it looked amazing to see to see Sasha Kleschen and Nagby and just to just to kind of bring this one home having Benny Failhaber on the field I for one as a as a maybe less tactically aware fan was all I could think about was seeing all three of them at the same time. Why not start Benny Failhaber in place of Bedoya and, and sure. just have this like bee sting, beehive sting attack, you know? Right. Right. And uh, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of good moments with that, um, that sort of quartet who were playing up high. Um, and I thought there were, you know, you got you got what you think you are you are going to get out of Sasha Kleschen, for instance. But yeah. I think what it was illustrating was that even though we've been clamoring to have a more uh, attacking uh, setup, that the skill of those individual attacking players, Nagby excluded, is not necessarily up to the level that we need. So while sure. it is a good thing tactically, I thought Kleschen made enough miscues to remind us that yeah, he's Sasha Kleschen, and there's there has been this myth that has arisen out of, I think, the desperation of the U.S. fan base to have a number 10 that has elevated him to a level of quality in their mind that is not commensurate with reality. And so I think, I, you know, I, think he I, take, I take positives from the too. fact think, that we're I trying. I think Sasha Kleschen sweats the shirt a little bit. I think yeah, he makes him right, nervous. Yeah, for sure. He's, you know, yeah, yeah. being in a U.S. Uh, jersey. I, I, I like that we're trying. But uh, it also exposed some of the deficiencies of the players who we have to fill those positions yeah. and did remind us a little bit of why Jurgen was so hesitant to do that, even when, uh, when they, those, those players were at their peaks. And folks, remember, this is an MLS-exclusive camp, and you could definitely see that on the field. The shout-outs to Chad Marshall in particular is, and Nick Romando <laughs> yeah. as well. Very much MLS-exclusive. So exclusive. American. Yes. So MLS-y. So MLS-y. Um, so w- where is our skill? Cause if you add in our European base players, right at the very least, you're, you're adding in Christian Pulisic in the midfield, who's definitely there. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we can probably agree that Nagby is there for this, for this style of attack. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in. in. I mean, on Nagby. God, I mean this if, guy if anyone good. was impressive in this game, yeah, he was, he was exceptional. And I think the thing that, um, that really, makes him stand out in my mind among all of those attackers is his versatility that when you, when uh, Sasha Kleschen finds himself out wide, 
by you know some circumstance or bad ball or a counterattack or whatever, he doesn't look comfortable. Whereas when Nagby finds himself in the middle, he looks totally comfortable. Sure. Yeah. So I think that that's the kind of dy- uh, dynamism that I want to see from our front players. And uh, you even saw at various points in this match, Josie Altidore doing similar things, dropping deeper to get the ball, ending up in in you know positions we're not used to seeing him in. And it seemed like that was one of those specific you know directions that that Bruce had. Uh, had offered was that we should play with a, you know, full team attack that's not just uh, that's not statically uh, oriented. That that there's there's movement and interchange between the between the players, and I think that's a positive thing. We just yeah. need the experience together to make it click. Yep, Brucey Bruce growing with the times, with the tactical changes Indeed. in the times. And uh, so I, I wanted to note a couple things tactically, because I think, you know, there were some individual performances that you can dig into, notably Nagby. Um, but, you know, I thought, I thought Bradley had a good game. Jones showed that he... Bradley he looks so much more ...isn't yet over the hill. Bradley looks uh, yeah. so much more comfortable from the pocket. Right, right. Um, so anyway, you know, you can take some, some insight into those individual things. But mainly what I was watching the game for was, what is Bruce telling the team to do? Sure. Um, and I saw I saw a couple key things there. Uh, first was the tactical um, tactical note of uh, Bradley dropping deep between the center backs, uh, which he yeah. has done at times in the past. But uh, Jurgen has deployed him all over the midfield, and so he he's never really had the chance and, to establish that rhythm uh, and, and, and working, I mean, working was, more directly with the center. It backs. happened. It was. It happened so many times. Every play, so it was. It was that it was like this right, must be. This right. is square one right here. It's the plan in our buildup, and what happened. Like, the, there's a reason why that's a really popular uh, way to do things because when Bradley ends up with the ball centrally, then it's almost a no loss situation where he can continue to he can pass it back to a center back and then move up, and we're kind of where we were before. Yeah. But if he sees a ball over the top, if he sees a ball out wide, he's the one who's able to play that ball effectively. Like you sure, saw and by Chad Marshall in the back, second half by drifting, try to do a Michael Bradley pass and fail, yeah. Bradley can actually place them. By drifting back in that way, you also draw that, that num- their number 10 uh, defensively exactly. forward, creating more pockets in the center of the midfield. Yep, so. exactly. Yeah, they can't, just, they can't just you know body up to you necessarily because then a quick pass uh, to one of the other midfielders entirely takes some of their midfielders out of the, out of the play. Right. So that's that's a that's a tactical shift that's been very popular from you know Busquets to Julian Weigel at uh, at um, Dortmund to you know countless other examples Angolo Conte that kind of player um, and Bradley does not have the defensive steel that some of those guys do but uh, I think he has enough that he is not a liability when we're caught yeah. in transition and yeah. he ends up Bradley's, you know, Bradley's more, defending more is like his. Uh... His finishing. It's that he can do exactly. It yeah, that's a great way to put he it. Yeah, he, it. he's capable, but not uh, outstanding. But you know, he he has good timing, and if if there is a turnover, uh, he's the guy I want there to catch to, to pick up the ball and make something happen after sure, that. Yeah. So um, I think that's a that's a, a excellent uh, tactic. Um, and then the other thing that I noticed was just the amount of triangles that we were playing. It, it seemed like. The guys were, um, they had a collective mentality of maintaining possession through short passing and through, uh, through convenient runs, identifying when teammates were, uh, were running into some trouble and making sure that they were becoming available. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, that, that is a, a 
common thing from youth level on up to, to try to it do is. within the team. But it's one of those things that if, when you aren't motivated to play well for the coach, uh, finding that extra 10% to bust your ass on a run that might not come to anything uh, isn't necessarily your top priority. So I think it's, it's partly that, uh, that, that you know, shine from having the new coach around that enabled us to, to play as silkily as we did. Uh, and then obviously yeah, the also psychology having some more of that is very players important. in the side. Yeah. And we have some more technical um, players. But still, we don't... I think part of what you were getting at before is that we don't have that, uh, like, um, that extra level of class in our, in yes. our technical play uh, with the exception of a few moments at a few... Uh, of a few players in a few moments of the game. Um, we right. do look... We are passing well, and we did pass well in this game and played through the midfield, played centrally, very well not just bombing down the wings um Mm -hmm. however we still look like maybe like a a mid-level south american team that's coached well and can pass well but it doesn't necessarily it's not real madrid you know doesn't have that extra that extra bit of control and and you know just precision yeah agreed and and you know it may be that we need to dial back that aspect of our tactics and play a little bit more directly when we are facing superior opposition, but you can never improve at that stuff if you're not practicing, right? So sure. I figure and, well, there's it's, another it's a lot better to practice our weakness than our strength. Yeah. And this is a chance You got to do dress that. for the job you want. There's another angle for this too Indeed. that's like, you know, it does kind of feel like we're the last Pepsi to this Coke, you know? <laughs> like everyone in the world has already figured out this style and it won't be like Russia's going to bring a new style. Every World Cup, the new the new style but it was it was the tiki taka and then it was like the counterattacking right, right. geigen pressing right. style yeah. like every world cup we're the the last team in the right. freaking world right. to figure this out it does kind of feel like we're going to get blown out of the water by whatever next german ingenuity comes you know for the for it's that probably they true i mean but Russia. i feel like uh, the last coach had almost a, a phobia of adopting modern tactics and, and looking, looking toward, ironically, coach. a phobia of looking towards Europe for what people are doing in innovative, uh, you know, tactical yeah. approaches that, that people are trying, mainly because his entire ethos was go out there and have fun. Do, do your, you know, try hard. Be great. Uh, give, give 110%, run, run around the field like, like you know, you, you're, it's your last game. Give a hundred of game. your percents and then give more of then the, and that. then give more. Then just go out there and have fun to give, express yourself, right? <laughs> express yourself. Except if you don't express yourself properly, then I get to, I get to yank you out of the team. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, that's a, you know, I think that's actually a classic thing of, of someone who is like clinging to their power is like they, they'll make like the, the rules a little bit, arbitrary so that uh-huh. like you know b- bad bad bosses can do this where yeah, it's like yeah. they get to they get to criticize you no matter what you did because they never made it clear what you needed to be doing <laughs> in so the first anyway uh, that's enough about the but, last guy so yeah so um, brucey bruce right picking up on the new trends he's Brucey been very bruce. transparent about that that the game has changed and that he's aware of that and uh you know he he seems to be more interested in in the media than he used to be and and in the way the whole fan culture works around this team, which is very much uh, a sort of social media driven experience. 
mm-hmm. um, are, are, you know, he's getting used to it. He's, yeah. he's getting used to the idea. He has he has a distinctly like grandfatherly approach to the internet, <laughs> <laughs> which is good enough for us. At least you're acknowledging. It's, it, it, at least it's this sort person. of hesitant <laughs> acknowledgement. <laughs> at least this person acknowledges new realities. It seems like he, uh, he's he's impressed by one Jordan Morris, which is a good sign. One of our fears with Bruce coming into coming into uh, uh, coming into office was that uh, he wouldn't be able to pick up on kind of the new the new hot young things that are going on on the team and and seeing Juan Agudelo is not encouraging, but. Uh, he it does no, seem the, like he's the oldest twenty four year old ever. Oh one Agudelo. who is just never going to be. Talk he about. He looks like he's seen talk some, about World some Cup winners. Talk, oh my goodness! Juan Agudelo is not a World, Cup, not winner. A World Cup winner. Jordan Morris, on the other hand, might just be, and he's and he's impressed Bruce Arena. Maybe. He's impressed Bruce yeah. Arena. With one foot, he's almost there. If he finds two feet, <laughs> he may be there. Um, I, if, yeah, I mean, so top of his ceiling is there, top of his ceiling. But the, he, to, yeah, he shows an sure. he shows an ability to actually achieve his potential, which Juan Agudelo yeah. never did. Right, right, right. Well, at least hasn't yet. I mean, and at twenty four, I never think did, never will. So um, yeah, I think I think Morris has to be a, a, an integral part of the team. And like I was saying um, about. Uh, about Nagby, Morris is a player who, when he finds himself out, quote unquote, out of position, is still able to be effective, yeah. um, and would be would be ideal uh, in if we play this four-two-three-one kind of role, um, being either a winger or a striker. Where you know maybe his role as a winger, uh, you saw Bedoya being more of a midfielder kind of winger in that system. And if, Mor- if Morris was playing that same position, he would be playing higher. He would have less interchange with the fullback, et cetera. But nonetheless, we'd be able to kind of slot him into any of three positions on the team. And that's the kind of thing that's really important when we're developing a, a tactical system that's going to work for us. Um, and then the other thing to kind of tie up the tactical corner of <laughs> what, we were, what we were watching, um, a, the, a quick side note, you saw in this match more uh, collective pressing and less individual pressing. Like yeah. you mentioned the Gagan press concept, uh, which is that it's much better to press with three guys once than to press with one guy three times. Right. So, so what you saw was, it was very and I, I was trying to work out, I was trying to work out exactly what it was, <clears throat> but you saw there be some sort of signaling, which is a pretty common aspect of these systems where uh, the team will decide, okay, when, the left center back gets the ball, we're going to press him. When the right center back gets the ball, we're going to leave him alone. Or it'll be like, if Josie starts pressing, we all press. Yeah. And so you, you saw at several points, uh, particularly in the first half, when those tactics were a little bit more congealed prior to the substitutions, um, you saw some of the other attacking players. I, I felt like I was noticing people looking at Josie, waiting for the cue to press. And we were, we were laying off them unless the entire team had decided to go for it. That's great. And that's the kind of thing we've been clamoring for for a long time yeah. under, under Jurgen and haven't really seen. We have been, um, we've so been that's dying really encouraging. I'm not sure how yeah. confident I am handing Josie the keys on that one. Right, uh, right, of course. I would um, love to see... So that's would, another question. I'm not confident. I would love to see Jordan Morris doing that. I, I want to start right, Jordan right. Morris. Honestly, he's so direct. I know, I'm sure this is an emotional choice. Okay, I get that. But he's, <laughs> Homer, his, Homer pick. His, yeah. his play is so direct, 
and and uh, Altidore's is so not direct. The w- the way he goes about trying to score goals is just is weird. It's torn between like checking back and quote unquote hold up play and and Bobby up, Bobby sorry, Wood right? is oh, is God. just limited in his quality I think and doesn't man this kid Jordan Morris give I I say give him the start he's because maybe maybe we see this midfield start to uh produce some goals if we have a person who's not overcomplicating things uh at the 9 sure. spot and uh I would much rather have Princeton educated Jordan Morris or whatever Stanford educated Jordan whatever Stanford, whatever yeah. the fuck Stanford whatever. educated Jordan Morris you know, deciding when to when the team presses and when they don't, <laughs> rather than Josie, <laughs> Josie's Red Bull Academy educated. <laughs> yeah, man. I I don't know. I mean, I think I think Josie is an intelligent enough player to do those things. I think his yeah, I his weakness would be his emotional his emotional control and uh, his restraint, where like you saw in this game. We've had good Josie. We've had good Josie and bad Josie over the years. And one of the big characteristics of bad Josie is that he tries to pull off tricks. So he starts, and it, it, oh, in this man. game, he tried. There was a, a particular moment where he got the ball near the corner, and he tried to uh, tried to knock it behind him over the head of the defender, who very easily dealt with this. <laughs> and if he had just picked up his his head and found a pass. Uh, we would have had a much more productive We'd have been cool, play Josie. out of that. You We'd know, have been fine. So he's he he really needs to dial that stuff back, and that's the kind of thing that that Morris definitely doesn't do. Maybe because maybe Morris has the opposite problem of being a little bit too timid. But I think that they he's can. Pragmatic. I think that they can work out. He's pragmatic, but they can work out what they're going to do uh, tactically involving the press and things like that with with any forward. And that's that's part of what yeah. I noticed during this game and with the. Uh, substitutions and the kind of patterns that that seem to be emerging was that this looks like our system. It, it it fits our personnel really well, and we have a number of players who can fit into each of these positions. Where if like if we're playing two strikers, then that almost uh, requires us to have guys in the pool like Wondolowski or Agadello who are kind of on the outside of the the pool. You know, we need to have four or even five players who can play striker because we need to be filling two slots all the time. Whereas if we have the two wingers and one striker, we can play players like Morris and uh, and Nagby, who are a little bit more versatile tactically and can give us more uh, dimension to our play. And, so, and Wood, I would say also, Wood has played in, in a wing role for the U.S. as well, even though it's not his best position, it's doable. So I think that the entire system makes a ton of sense to me and will and it is the kind of thing where what we're doing now is auditioning for what parts of that system players fit in rather than what system we should be using and i think that's a really positive yeah step. that's good for development long term as well to 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 have that strong identity now i will sure. push you yeah. on this tactically because there was an mm-hmm. ambiguity that i don't think uh, was worked out um, in this game, sure. yeah. Zusi and Bedoya played a, a very clear yes. overlapping uh, wing back style. Garza mm-hmm. yeah. and Nagby did not. Garza was right, holding right. for sure. And either Garza just didn't execute the, the, the overlapping wing back tactic at all, or this was an agreed upon thing that Nagby and Garza's relationship would not be that same type of uh, relationship. And if that's the idea, that's a little strange because we know that Fabian Johnson, who plays that same position, for sure does an overlapping style of, of wing back. So, so right, where do you right. see this 
leading uh, tactically? Are we trying to do the the kind of bombing wingbacks, or are we are we playing more of a a four in the back uh, and allowing our attacking midfielders to create on their own? Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm uh, you know I'm not the most educated in these areas, but for me, if you play a system where you have three up top, that provides width automatically. And so systems where the fullbacks are really um, relied upon to provide width, uh, you need them to have that quality. But this system doesn't necessitate that. So I think you can have kind of a battery set up on either side where the two players complement each other well. And I think Bedoya and Zussi do that. I'm totally not sold on Zussi being a right back, but... Uh, the fact that Bedoya yeah, is more good of a possession for someone who never plays right back, I guess. Right, right, exactly. Um, where where Bedoya is a little bit more possession oriented and wants to be involved in the build up play a little bit more, I think that makes sense. And then on the opposite side, I think Garza and Nagby make sense as well because Nagby is going to shuttle around, bomb forward. He's going to commit himself so that that side of the uh, field is going to be a little bit vulnerable. Where often on the counter attack, Nagby is not going to be there because he was just involved in the attacking yeah. play. So that that arrangement made sense to me. Then the question you pose of what do we do when Fabian Johnson's there is is quite valid, uh, and that does I think present a challenge when it comes to what Nagby is able to do. But from having watched Nagby a decent amount at club level, I feel like his defensive ability, while he ha- he wasn't asked to display much of it uh, yesterday, I think he actually has enough that he can be disciplined and he can um, he can stand up guys, uh, and if. Johnson and he work out patterns of play uh, and and like I said cues you know some sort of uh, signaling or or communication that lets them you know make sure yeah. that one of them is forward and one of them is back at any given time I think that can work which they're um, both professionals then, I'm sure they can do that yeah exactly and then when you have uh, someone like someone like uh, Greg Garza you know say Fabian Johnson gets injured or gets subbed off or Yedlin is injured so Johnson goes to right back or whatever when you have someone who's a little bit more static. Uh, then Nagby can assume a, a more natural role for him. So, so what you're saying the, too the, overall is that we're the the system allows for different types of complementary pairings for the midfield correct, and the defender. Correct. Yeah. And so all we have yeah. to do is ice on either side have a good complementary pairing, and right, it'll fit right. into the system. So exactly. for me, and for me, Greg Garza is a is super solid in the back, and if we have one Christian Pulisic on the left side there, I'd lo- exactly. I'd rather see a Greg Garza, maybe, and find another place for Fabian Johnson. As tragic as that is, um, because Christian Pulisic yeah. is not the, that part of his game is just not really there right now, and it would be hard to expect him to be like a bruising defender as well as a exciting streaky midfielder, you know. Sure, sure, yeah, and the, you know it's it's funny you mentioned that because Dortmund do have a pretty um, pretty versatile attack, and the fullbacks do get forward on occasion, but because they have such an emphasis on these attacking wide players, uh, the fullbacks are in the same boat that I was just describing, where they're not relied upon to provide the width of the team right. and to stretch the defense, and the, the wingers try to do that. So, like the wingers uh, for Dortmund, almost try to like. You can imagine the the opposing team as like a rectangle. They try to make two of those rectangles corners much farther than they otherwise would be because sure. the, the wingers are trying to almost attack the corner flags. You know, they they'll even start out the like you'll see uh, Pulisic positioned outside of the touchline, waiting for a pass. Huh. 
So he's he's like not even on the field. That's how wide they're playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> defend that. And so, defend so, that. Huh? Yeah, exactly, on, exactly. Try. So it you know you're you're right though that that um, for our uh, the the players who we have had starting at fullback Yedlin and Johnson, uh, this kind of system isn't as intuitive for them, and they're going to have to work out what to do about that. But you you might also see uh, Arena consider Johnson a uh, a, a midfielder eventually. Um, you know, filling one of those winger slots, maybe opposite Pulisic, though that would bring into question where Nagby goes and so on. So and he has yeah, and definitely, Arena, definitely an unresolved, yeah, it's an aspect, unresolved aspect. And I think Bruce Arena said that Fabian Johnson is a is going to be a defender. For I had seen some some, uh, and, some and notes I believe to that Fabian effect. Johnson's yeah. only request was to be told which he'd be playing. To be told so which he's point, playing. Right? I don't know if Bruce can yeah. go back on that. I don't <laughs> sure, Bruce sure, that's in fair. On this that's one, fair. so he's playing. He's I think I. For for that particular concern, I have a little more more uh, worry about Yedlin than Johnson because I think Johnson yeah. is. I mean, Johnson's Johnson just such a fantastic soccer player. That, yeah, yeah. Yedlin They'll Yedlin's uh, attacking instincts are hard to stifle. So I think. Oh, man. But if if you paired Yedlin's say you paired instincts. Yedlin with um with someone like Bedoya, I think that would be very natural. Where you know yeah to the to the to the point earlier about the triangles. It's going to be Yedlin knocks the ball forward to Bedoya, and Yedlin makes the overlapping run, and then Bedoya can serve a great ball. Whereas yeah. if Nagby was in that position, Nagby's instinct would be to to be that touchline hugger kind of player up up way ahead, and so Yedlin and and Nagby wouldn't coordinate quite as well. So, um, yeah, but I, I think there's there's always going to be little questions within the shape, but I think that the way that we are setting up to play looks positive, it looks sensible, and that's really what we need. It's, it doesn't have to be genius, it just has to be modern. It has to reasonably correlate with how the players play at club level, and you know we can work out <laughs> the details are, as we go. These are very bruised, Low very standards, bruised yeah. and hedged <laughs> standards right now. Let's, yes, uh, yes. While, while, while I have you on the mic, Ty, can we, uh, do you hear that sound? Do you hear that sound? Oh it's man, that sounds beautiful. Time. It's I been forever. <laughs> I've been under sea. <laughs> Welcome to the Fishy Report. For those of you who don't know, the Fishy Report is the section of the show in which we report on any players who are eligible for a U team, U23 being the oldest, uh, I believe. And so we we report on our little fishies, uh, how they're doing around the world, who to expect coming up. Ty, so many fishies. I, I think it was probably early December, early December last time we did a Fishy Report, if then, maybe even November, bro. November. Maybe even. A lot's happened. Where should we lots begin? Happened. I've, I've been in my submersible. I've been traversing the high seas, going, watching all of our fishies in action, swimming around in big ponds, as they do. As they do. Um, the, the, there's been a little slowdown of fishy activity because of the winter break that most of the European leagues have just gone through, notably Germany. Uh, so the Bundesliga just came back, um, and uh, a bunch of our, our young guys are there. So... Um, we did have some some uh, uh, January winter break friendly periods that a number of our young guys who have not gotten senior team minutes uh, were involved in. Uh, the the guys at Schalke, Weston McKinney and Haji Wright, and then um, hey. a couple other 
names here and there, Nick Tatagu, et cetera, some of, the, some of the guys who might be featuring in some of the Youth World Cups coming up. Um, oh, they might have aged out, but there's, there are a handful. And uh, it doesn't look like any of them are really going to crack it this season. We might get a couple minutes, uh, you know, maybe later in the year for, for Haji Wright, uh, potentially, some of, the, some of the more standout young guys. But it doesn't look like we have a Polisic this year where someone's going to, you know, jump from winter break into a first team, unfortunately. But I think we, we can continue to be patient uh, on that front. Um, but the player who has gotten the most uh, uh, field time or uh, tied for the most field time lately has been Cameron Carter-Vickers over in England. Because Tottenham's been e. playing in the, uh, the FA Cup. And CCV has started all the FA Cup matches and played hey, 90. Dang. Uh, unfortunately, oh. uh, they, they had, <laughs> they had a, a wild 4-3 win against a, a lower league team. And I watched the whole damn match, and I can't remember the name of the lower league team. But Sorry, lower um, league team. At WTP Pod. The, yeah. the lower league team went up 2-0. The second goal that they scored, this was at White Hart Lane, so this was a big deal. The second goal they scored was a penalty given up by our young fishy. Oh, that's uh, rough. On a little, a little bit of an over-aggressive tackle. Oh, but it was one of those rough. where the, um, the, the attacking player definitely made the most of the contact. And, uh, you know, that, that little bit of edge and nous that, uh, that lower league players can often, you know, inject. Um, some of the commentators were saying that uh, it's, al- it's almost easier for CCV to play against Premier League players at this point because that's what he has the most experience dealing with you know is that he's he's facing up against uh eric lamella every day in in training or whatever and so he's he, he might have been thrown off a little bit by the the more direct uh style of uh-huh. uh of these opponents uh, I'll so take but anyway it. he, I'll take he it. recovered that's a good problem to have he, ccv you're a little a, good a little, problem to have. A little so too he, used to the highest tier Exactly, exactly. Um, and that can be a pretty easy excuse because he's going to have to get used to that. Yeah, that but, sounds um, like bullshit. Anyway, so <laughs> it, sounds like bullshit. It's, it's one of those things in his, <laughs> yeah. in his development. No, I, I, I think there's something to that. I mean, you know, when a lot of the time when our guys play against uh, some of the lower tier CONCACAF opposition, you notice similar, um, similar things. And, and so CCV is going to learn quite I a bit suppose. from those experiences and these I want to um, see CCV it's just like it's clean that type of game up just just at like and teach someone what it would be like to play in the Premier League you know you're going to get for sure I, and out. I think he will I think he will but I think he needs to he needs to see it a couple times and so that's what he's doing now is finally getting some opportunities to to do that yeah he's a young boy um, he's a he's a young young he's boy old, so he's he, an old he boy, only got man. he had one uh, bad half uh, among all these games that he's been playing in the in the cup, uh, and then the second half of that game he became himself again and, and played really well. And he has a lot of trust uh, within the coaching staff, and he's sure. been on the bench uh, repeatedly in the Premier League. Um, right now, Tottenham's a little short on defenders, so it's possible that he'll get some Premier League time soon as well. And I think he's totally ready to do that. Ooh, um, another stuff. another young man. Uh, a, a young man we've all known and loved, Baby Julian. Oh, Juju Bees uh, oh. finally gave up the his ga- dream. The dance is over. The, the, the clock over. has struck midnight, and your yep. your carriage is turned back into a pumpkin, Juju B. A a how that Stuttgart shaped pumpkin. I think that's how it works. Shaped. That's Stuttgart shaped pumpkin. Click your slippers, and um, I forget he. 
uh, uh, Baby Julian has gone right into the first team there Damn. and started their first uh, uh, two Bundesliga match. Got taken off after 45 minutes, and I could not find out why that was. Uh, so hopefully not uh, underperforming too badly, and we'll continue to get opportunities there. Uh, another player who's nice back qualities. in the fold is Mr. Gooch, Lyndon Gooch. Gucci, baby, we got a care, the original care from package. Injury. We got the original care package waiting for you. I know, I know. and weird. Any, anytime you want, we will Let, send you in an out burger. Reach out to us at WTP, Wilbur Tango at Pizza WTP Pod. Pod. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, the fishy supreme, Mr. Christian Pulisic, has continued to uh, play regularly and do well for uh, Dortmund. He he started their first match coming out of winter break, and he did well. The team won, um, but he was not. Let's see. I, th- I think what's what's typical of Pulisic's matches these days is he comes very very close to assists and goals, but isn't quite. You know, he's ten percent away from being a real. Uh, you know, impact yeah. guy. He's yeah. He's he's solid. He he rarely wastes possession. He doesn't end plays typically, but you can you can often you'll you'll see a goal happen by Dortmund, and it's like five touches ago, Pulisic had the ball. Yeah. So that over time that will increase, you know, or decrease, whatever, however you want to think about it. Um, <laughs> however you count it. So he's he's in there, and uh, he had a, a great honor bestowed upon him this uh, this month, where he was named to the team of the Heinrund, which is the first half of the Bundesliga season. So he's on the really? Bundesliga all-star team no as way. a left winger. Really? Believe it or not. Really? I don't, I don't, this was a fan vote situation, huh. so this is definitely not the best players okay. from the Heinrund. Right. the people's Especially choice. because it's you would have Aryan Robin or yeah. Frank Ribery probably above him at left wing. Yeah, I mean, you'd have uh, but, all of Bayern at every position. You would have most of Bayern at most <laughs> positions, yeah. There's only I'm Obamayang. looking at the team here. We've got right. We've got four Bayern players, which is pretty light. You've yeah. got you've got a couple a couple guys in here who are so, a little bit. So uh, he, he's in the he's in the suspect. mix for people's choice. People like him. People like the young the young man, Christian Pulisic. For sure. They, he's got a for he's sure. got a nice even temper. You know. Yep. He's, he's, he doesn't doesn't complain. He's, he's got a good smile. He's got good a head smile. on his shoulders. All American boy. He, he was also very lucky there. that Doing proud. they put um, they put Usman Dembele, his teammate, uh, as the right back. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Sipu won right midfielder, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Dembele won left midfielder. So if they'd been in the same category, he would have lost to Dembele. <laughs> so there was some, there was definitely some machinations here to get Christian Pulisic a chance. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a pretty cool honor. Yeah, and, that's um, cool. you know, he's, he's definitely getting noticed, uh, and, and is being featured a decent amount in the Bundesliga's own self-promotion, knowing that having an American star is a big deal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then finally, the, the the deepest depths of the sea have we're players going down. who we're going down into very the few have ever heard of. Uh, Concacaf U twenty qualifying for the U twenty World Cup is beginning this month uh, in February. I believe the first match is the seventeenth, something like that. Um, and it's a Concacaf tournament in which uh, the top two teams go through to the World Cup. So you need to make the final in order to get to the World Cup. Um, I oh I can't remember maybe the third team as well and they play that third place playoff some of them have that and some of them don't depending on which tournament it is but anyway we we ought to you know get to the final and hopefully win the thing trying to win uh, the our, thing our we're roster, trying to win this thing 
we want to win the damn thing. Uh, our our uh, initial camp roster has been released, um, and there are some players who might join the uh, the actual roster for qualifying if they were to be released by their clubs. Like um, I believe Josh Perez, Josh is eligible. Perez, a couple other a couple other of the foreign based uh, players who might be able to. Uh, contribute to this team, but they're not going to be have the time to come into camp because they're busy with club commitments. Um, so some some notable names from the from the list are Eric Palmer Brown, who just came back from his loan to uh, Porto B, uh, B, the second team at Porto, where he was on loan for the last year, uh, won promotion with them last year, but they can't get promoted because they're the B team and they play in the second division. So they, they, you can't have this two teams of the same division. But he did win the second division and was a starter for most of the time that he was there. There you go. Um, did really well on that loan. That that that'll give him a lot of uh, a lot of experience going into this year with SKC. Uh, guys like Tyler Adams, who's a, a standout at the Red Bulls to look out for. Brooks Lennon of Liverpool. Um, and let's see. I would say Sebastian Saucedo would be another player to look out for. Recently came back from Mexico. Uh, back to Real Salt Lake and has has excelled for youth teams in the past. One of those uh, tricky playmaking midfielders. Um, so there's there's a, a lot of interesting talent. So guys, and, and we are we've we had are eye on for a while. Yeah, chew on that. We are deep in the ocean. We are. Deep. There is one one uh, corner of the ocean that is a little bit uh, scary to me, which is that Jonathan Klinsman is probably going to be the goalkeeper. What? Uh, yes, relation. What? So look out. The, the, the United States U20 Hold uh, on one World second. Cup team is may have Jurgen Klinsmann's son? Indeed it is. It is his son. The, his, the, his, the son. His, his, his firstborn son? Ooh, good question. I do not know. He but, might have but, an older, older sibling. Direct line. But his son. This is one. Direct this is, line. Oh, man. Indeed. Oh, Lord. Jonathan Klinsmann, uh, the one who, after Landon Donovan got cut from the World Cup squad... Um, sent out a very nasty tweet indicating some things behind the scenes between Daddy and uh, oh, and Landon. Oh, Jonathan, um, you're too young. Don't get involved. Not good judgment. Don't get involved in this. You don't want to be involved in and this. And so this <coughs> there was fight. some question as to whether um, whether the favored son would continue to be involved uh, in the youth programs after Jurgen left. I think he's going to play at Stanford. So he has he has some uh, he has some qualities for sure. Um, and we'll get to see a lot more of him in this tournament. Oh so it should be interesting. We so might what be, you're telling we, me, we, we thought we were out. We thought we were out. So what you're telling me is that in 30 years, Bob Brad, uh, Michael Bradley will Michael step Bradley down. Michael Bradley will get fired. Co- will get fired <laughs> for new Klinsman. For Klinsman <laughs> to Jonathan, Jonathan Klinsman to come take over right, and reinvigorate right, right. the side. He's going to raise our He's level. He's going to raise the level. In a California accent. Two or three That would be great levels. if he just said all the Two same things. Two or three levels. Two or three levels. Go out, we're we're going to go out there and express ourselves. We're going to express ourselves. We're going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to... He and Gooch would get along. Guys. Yeah, California kid. Um, Gooch, so look forward to that. We have, we have a pretty, uh, we have a pretty uh, light group in the in the um, qualifying, so we should get through the group pretty easily, and then you'll have that crunch uh, sort of semifinal match to determine if we get to go to the World Cup, um, and and hopefully from this crop of players we see some some names emerge who might be on the radar. Probably not for this next World Cup, but you never know. Uh, I think the equivalent um, uh, U20 World Cup 
contained DeAndre Yedlin. Hello. Maybe Morris. I think Yedlin was the only one who ended up on the World Cup team. But that's that's the kind of you know quote unquote success rate that yeah. that you would anticipate. From Maybe the one of these World guys will be involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. A quick wrap up on our fishy report. Oh, How good man. really is? I love being in the seat. Oh, we're back in the seat, baby. We're we're doing reports. How good really is Josh Perez? Is he is he actually going to be playing for Fiorentina anytime soon? Uh, there's no reason to think he wouldn't. I mean, he, he seems to be one of their top uh, prospects from their academy, which is a very productive academy in Italy. Is he going uh, to be a lifelong Fiorentina hero? Uh, <laughs> that, that is one multiverse. I think there are more <laughs> multiverses where he comes back to MLS in a couple of years, but, um, like a lot of our guys have. But uh, there, is a, there is a multiverse where he's, a, he's the next Polisic. That is okay. certainly possible. The, he's, I think he's older than Pulisic. Ugh, man, Pulisic. You, you, young is younger than he used to be. Uh, and the one other fishy, I'd, I'd, I don't want to walk away from the fishy report without mentioning is Gideon Zalalem, Zalalem. Oh, of course. How could I forget? What's going on, um, man? Zalalem, the, the Pulisic of two years ago, every, we, uh, the hype could not have been greater. There was no one else to be excited about uh, at the time. And uh, there was at, not a lot to happen at the time. Um, Gideon Zalalem, Zalalem. There was someone who made a fake account, a fake Twitter account, where it just was like the one tweet was a U.S. flag, and everyone freaked out, oh, man. thinking that oh my God, Gideon Zalalem picked the U.S. It was this was like a LeBron-esque phenomenon within the tiny, tiny huge. U.S. This soccer community. Huge, and um, it just got drowned out by by Christian Pulisic, really. I guess so, there yeah. And, and Mr. Zalalem, uh, Matt Miazga also. Matt Miazga, um, ooh, Matt Miazga. So uh, Zalalem is joining Miazga in the London to the Netherlands Lone Army, okay. where he will be joining VVV, VVV Venlo, four Vs in total. Venlo. A second division team in the Netherlands. So whatever. Not I very mean, glamorous. Let's hope he starts, plays, etc. Uh, not good. glamorous and not, not a step up from his last loan, which is at Rangers, which reminds me, I completely forgot your f- personal fishy report, um, oh, about Emerson. one Emerson Heinemann. My baby. America's going to love Emerson Heinemann. America, you listening? You're going to love this kid. You're going to love is this This is America's kid. next top Heinemann. His next top Heinemann. He, he has gone on loan. He was not getting a lot of PT with, uh, with Bournemouth this, this year. Went on loan to Rangers. He immediately started, had a goal and an assist. Damn. Uh, Damn. Was man of the match. Damn. And then started again yesterday and had a sick goal off a rebound from a corner. Ooh. Just a stonking hit, upper 90. Uh, and Ooh. seems to be obviously uh, settling Terry? in quite well. A little bit. A little bit. A little something there. there. There's a little something with, uh, with Mr. Mr. Heinemann. He seems to have a... A grittiness to oh, him man. that we haven't seen uh, in his 18 and 19 year old self. This dude is going to be so, so good. All right, guys. Uh, you know, the, we, exciting, we watch, times. exciting times. We watch these fishies so that we can have hope no matter what because the youth brings us joy, but it's all for a purpose, uh, which is going to take its next progression forth on February 3rd. The USA will play USA versus Jamaica. 7 p.m. Eastern 
on Fox. On Fox, which means if you don't catch the game, don't bother trying to oh, find man. a replay. Oh, man, it's gone. It, it's gone. It's, it's <laughs> Tape would be deleted. The tape is gone. Yeah, yeah. This never happened. Uh, can you fix that, Fox? Can I get yeah, Fox, like, a I will thing pay where I can for replay, a replay service yeah, of your Yeah, I will pay you goods. five of my dollars. I want to pay five you money. Five of my own dollars. I want to pay you money for this thing. That you could easily do. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so what's what is this? It's the second friendly in the January camp, but more importantly, who are these people? Who are these people? That was scary. That was scary. Clint. Oh man, it's scary out there. Be safe out there. <laughs> it's scarier. It's scarier out there. Be safe. Better to be scared in here. Let's be scared <laughs> inside. There's sounds of <laughs> who are who these, are these people? people? So Jamaica, who are these people? Uh, the the this iteration of the Jamaican team is a kind of parallel to our January camp roster, where they don't have any of their uh, European-based uh, players, but they do have a good cohort of the domestic uh, players and the MLS uh, contingent, and even the USL and NASL uh, players. They're they're um, lower division players and who play in the states. Um, I think they have seven MLS guys on the team, uh, on the roster, including uh, my my player to look out for. We need another one of those things. Oh, yeah. Player to look out for, uh, Kamar Kamar Lawrence, Kamara who Lawrence. is the uh, who's a fullback for the for the Red Bulls. He kind of burst onto the scene uh, two years ago, and if he wasn't rookie of the year, he was close. Um, I think that was the year Miazga won it. Otherwise, he might have. Um, He's a he's a really good, uh, quick, intelligent, very tactically aware uh, fullback. Uh, gives you all those things that we've been talking about that that a lot of these teams want from from their fullbacks. Um, and so he's he's a guy to to look out for as as being dangerous. And I look forward to seeing some of their some of their younger guys uh, get a chance as well. Um, Jamaica always gives us a tough game, whether it's here or there. Uh, the last couple games, if I can recall, have been have been tight, uh, one or two goal kind of contests. Um, the thing people always think with Jamaica is that they're going to be like a counterattacking, uh, high flying sprinter team because cool Jamaica run-ins, has man. best sprinters. Cool, yes, yeah, because cool run-ins, cool run-ins. not because of Olympics, but that is not quite true. They do. I would say have have a plus speed uh, relative to other teams, but the way that they use their speed is to earn uh, good set piece opportunities, uh, which they then try to capitalize on. So the the notable example recently was uh, we played them in the Gold Cup and they scored off of a throw in and off of a accidental Brad Guzan handball, oh, um, where yeah, Giles Barnes that. just that smashed rough. it from from twenty yards. That was rough. Um, so, so, so maybe they, a more they're, pragmatic they're a team that side you do not want to tackle. Expect. Very, very pragmatic, uh, and I think probably frustratingly so to their own fans. And it's almost as if, if, if they're making that that nice streaking run down the sideline, you're better off letting them make a bad cross than giving them the foul and letting them set up a set piece, which they're really good at capitalizing on. They they can be frustratingly uh, wasteful from from open play, and their finishing can be a little bit lacking at times. Um, so yeah, so, so, but they, they always, uh, play us tight. They're a good high, you know, upper tier, uh, CONCACAF opponent, the kind of, the kind of team that we have to deal with a lot of times in these kind of crunch qualifying scenarios. So 
I think it's a good contest, and we're going to Chattanooga, Tennessee, Chattanooga. for the first time in the U.S. national team's history. Chattanooga. It, we have um, many Southern listeners, people who, who we've talked to on, on Twitter, people we've had the, the pleasure of interacting with. If you're going to the game in Chattanooga, Chattanooga. Give, us a, give us a tweet. Tell us how it is. Tell us what, what's, what's it like. What's, what's, good the, with the stadium? what's the weather like What's the weather? There? Yeah. Do the, yeah, is, yeah. It this, is it nice? Is it, is it the same as like weather over here? Yeah. Are you, is everyone eating fri- fried chicken? Is it like a, do you get barbecue? Is it true what they say about Southern hospitality? Mint julep. Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Uh, it's, can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. What are, so we're, we're, we're looking at game two, Bruce Arena. What game changes? Do, do we want to see any changes? Maybe, maybe, uh. Well, no, we can save hopes and fears. But do we want to see any changes to this uh, 11? Is there anything in particular we are hoping to see uh, tactically, personnel-wise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't really mention, you know, when we were talking, going through the game recap, the, the starting 11 was very old. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't anticipating very that. Aged. I thought that I thought these would be a little bit more experimental, but I didn't factor in the fact that Bruce only gets these two games to get ready for Honduras. So I think he is setting up as much of a senior side as possible. Sure. And I would expect that to continue. That said, um, uh, Kleschen and Jones had to go back to their clubs. I think, or Kleschen, uh, I think his wife might be having a baby, something like that. Congratulations, um, Jones, if that's true. Know. Maybe Jones is having a baby. Jones's, um, <laughs> Jones's baby. Nothing would surprise babies. me at this point. Jones's babies uh, have so, babies. So we're missing those two. Which means it'll probably be like Fail Haber and Legette, some of the some of the you know substitutions that we saw. During what did the we match. think of Legette? Um, what did, did, any, did Legette do anything for you? I I felt like he was a non-factor in this game, but oh, I completely disagree. I, I he only ha- had the opportunity to provide a couple moments before that inevitable point in the friendly where everything goes to shit at like the 60th minute. Yeah, when it seems like everything falls apart. But he came on at halftime. He was the first sub. Um, I think it was a clear message about, yeah, Jermaine Jones isn't going to be around forever and has to be an injury risk at this point. And as a suspension risk, he's actually suspended for the Honduras game. Oh, jeez. Um, so, so we need someone to, to be the next Jermaine Jones. And Lejet has had a very winding path to get there, but he showed a lot of the tools that, uh, that could, be, could be pivotal in, in defining that role um, going forward. Namely, that he it was like the 40... 45 and 30 second, second uh, right after the kickoff, there was a, this great play where he, he kind of wrestled possession away and then that. wriggled around and, and, yeah, and started a great attack that led to a, I think it was a Josie shot from Bedoya. Um, and so he showed a little bit of that, that uh, grit and, and steel that uh, Jermaine Jones has, but he also had another great opportunity where he played in a, a lovely uh, first-time cross didn't overcomplicate it, didn't take a bunch of touches, just swing, sw- swung a nice ball in from the wing um, and showing, showing his kind of pedigree as historically a winger. He's a converted uh, winger hmm. playing defensive midfield for L.A. because they have so many damn wingers. So, um, so he, he clearly has a, a versatile skill set, maybe even more versatile than, than Jones himself, and if he can develop that uh, toughness and uh, role within the team, that kind of enforcer mentality, uh, that Jones has, I mean, all, all, all the better. How old is so he? So I think you you saw a little bit of the planning there. Uh, 23, 24. All right, all right, all right. Um, Middle-aged. So we, we don't have a guy 
we don't have a guy who you are necessarily afraid of facing. You know, you don't, you're not protecting your shins around uh, Emerson Hyndman. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, th- I do think that's an important aspect of a U.S. team that, a that we are about to lose. Yeah, we need it. We need uh, it. We have two going at the same time. Beckerman and Jones both going at the same it. time. We so. need it. What are we going to do without it? Where are we going to find it? Lose. Is it legit? <laughs> lose. Is it legit? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe legit gets the start and we find out what he's truly made of. Indeed, indeed, and and uh, you know he he deserves a chance. He's been doing really well for LA. Obviously, Bruce knows him well, and I think can get a lot out of him. It would be a lot to just throw him into World Cup qualifying after his just getting his debut, um, but certainly a possibility. And I'm I'm glad that we are, you know, very deliberately defining what the Jermaine Jones role is and figuring out who else can do it in in <laughs> in either two months or two years, depending on when sure. the Jones train finally exactly. breaks down. And it's not rocket science that we're asking for. It's clear listening. If to, the, I'm sure if we listen back to this show, it, it, it'll be clear how how much we we are wounded from the past, and we just want sensible choices to be made. And Bruce is doing that. Bruce is is so far in what little sample we have is is making very level-headed choices that I think most people can at least see the reasoning for even if they don't agree with Legit as the choice. At least most people can see why he came in for half of this game and and why he may get more playing time in in the next friendly. Right. And we're obviously inclined to give uh, Bruce a little bit more leash than the previous coach. Um, because we are not sick of the pre- of Bruce the way we were of the, <laughs> of previous, the coach. previous coach. So, um, <laughs> so the future previous coach. Uh, so I, I fully recognize. I'm trying not to get too caught up in like, oh my god, this is so logical. Because I think if if Jurgen had done exactly the same things, I probably would have found something to complain about with it. Sure. But, sure. Um, nonetheless, I, I, I'm trying to have an objective and, and sober outlook on what's happening, and I, I like what I see. Uh, and that leads me to a hope. Can we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump into Are a little ready? hopes Blink. and fears. Blink. Blink. Uh, my hope is that we see the same damn formation. Please. Just don't change the formation. Please. Because it, it worked. It works for our personnel. There's clearly defined roles for our best players within the system. I think everyone can start to get it. Let's just do the same damn thing again with different players. Please. Agreed. Oh, my gosh. Agreed. The, the, the endless tinkering, the endless tinkering just gets my goat. So having some constants will be really important and will be a good signal, especially if we can take that tape and the guys overseas can analyze that and Bruce can say, hey, you're going to play where Garza was playing. You're going to play where Nagby was playing. Right. And, and, you know, to, to just give a little dossier to the players who aren't in camp about uh, this is our intention, even if the result isn't necessarily where we want it to be, that there's a template that when the European players come into camp uh, to get ready for these qualifiers, they, they kind of know where they stand and, and what they're required to do or being asked to do. That would be glorious. Now, I got to say, it's hard to... I can't wait until we get our European players back. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's hard for me to say that there's anything that I fear uh, going into this game versus Jamaica. I suppose like a total breakdown, an ugly performance, or or perhaps even just a loss is is uh, I have a slight fear of that. But honestly, it's the this uh, the stakes are low, I guess. But 
the stakes are very high, but what am, what am I trying to say? That um, there's... We're fearless we're right fearless now. We're fearless right now because... What do we have to fear? Yeah, we have, we, have nothing to, we have nothing to lose. It's like a really bad team when they play a really good team. The, the pressure is on I'm the afraid really that, good team. Um, now in, in this, I'm afraid that Nagby won't be as good. I'm afraid that Nagby is not as good as we think. Uh, no, he is. He's a world superstar. He's a world-class player. He's a game World changer. Cup winner? Yeah. Well, uh, serious. I was just joking before when I was saying all that world-class. He's, he's probably a solid player, can, a solid European pro. Uh, and I do think he's a World Cup winner. I don't think that he's a World Cup. He's the star of the team on a World Cup winning team. But I do think that he can, he can do it. He's got the eye of the tiger. The, the, the backup winger slash attacking mid? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, no, I think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a starting 11, but, but uh, just maybe not the Robin of that team, you know. The Tiago of that team. Yeah, that guy. That guy. That guy. Um, sure, I'll take that. I'll I'm take that the fear, the Nagby being not that I did, good fear. I, that's, a, that's, yeah. I had a, um, uh, for those of you who don't know what the heck we're talking about, we have a, a, a heuristic on this show it's a uh, about... <clears throat> Players who you can see being in a World Cup winning team, because that, as we know, the goal of of our lives personally is to win the World Cup it's by her goal Crook. of our lives. And, um, <laughs> and this is this is the project, the great project that that we we want to we want to help foster. And we're bringing it about in this voice. very small, very very small, tiny way. Counted on can't count it on one hand, but maybe two hands. Very small way. Two hands. Um, but we, we look at players and we think, are they someone you could see their ceiling being a player who can play in a World Cup winning team? I'm on the fence with Nagby. I think Bradley is a World Cup winner. I think Jermaine Jones sure was. is probably a World sure Cup was. winner. Sure you was. Know, he sure was that. Um, Josie is not. Sorry, Josie. Bobby Wood might be. Ooh. Pulisic is. Pulisic for sure is. We'll do it. We'll do our our updated full list of World Cup I think winners. Garza I think we is, have like dude. four, I love, maybe five. I love oh no, Greg no, Garza, no. dude! Oh my god! You're, god no! God no on Greg gracious. Garza! Come god, on, bro! No, not even close! Not even close! Not even close! Ah, oh, Gars! I love him. He looks like a character from Mad Max. <laughs> he looks so cool. I'd be if if I saw him. He looks like he's about to hit the clubs. He's fucking, yeah. his, 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 that man! That man has asked for his uh, jersey sleeves to be tighter than they need to be. <laughs> I gotta say, <laughs> yeah, he's Nobody's gonna maintain his image. No, he is that ripped. Greg Garza is that ripped. He's like this. Mm. He's a he's a hunk of of steel. Don't run into him. He's a little cannonball. He's a cannonball. He's like a he's like a a pirate of some kind. I don't know. He's so cool. Wow. <laughs> he's he's the pirate and the cannonball. <laughs> How exciting. Uh, guys, it's going to be a good time uh, versus Jamaica on February 3rd. Join us for that. We'll be covering everything, the game, after the game, as we always do. And join us again for World Cup qualifiers. If you're joining us today for the first time, thank you uh, for listening. And please, uh, anybody who listens, if you'd like to support the show, please rate and review uh, the podcast on iTunes. That's a very helpful way for you to get us some ups and it's free for you and all that. Uh, and if you, well, I don't know if we, can we run that anymore? Do we have a special for, we, do we have a special for people who review? 
let's just say you will get a reward to be named later. We still have to decide what the reward is. Yeah, we're gonna. But you will get. Maybe it's In and Out Burger. Who knows? Maybe it's In and Out Burger. Maybe it's a care package. I'm trying to imagine the person who would, who's who's like a first time listener getting to this point in the show an hour deep, and and being like, oh man, they're promising me something. They won't say what it is. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm gonna. I want that something. I'm gonna rate. I'm gonna review the show right now. Uh, uh, review it. Bruce we'll Arena's reward you in some way. Review. What we used to do was have Jurgen Klinsmann read your reviews on the show. That and review so we are, was fantastic. We are, we're transitioning into a new era of the show, as the team is, and as always, uh, we the people, we's the true winners, guys. I really like to. Uh, I like it when it rains, but not too hard. So, uh, and as long as I don't have to be outside for too nice. long, you know, a little, a right. little, and, and I, you know, I live in a good city for that Seattle baby. Uh, I, I like it when I get a call from an old friend, uh, or when I call an old friend, ultimately it's the same feeling. It doesn't matter who calls who, but I like catching up and I especially like loose leaf teas over pre-bagged teas. But I don't like any of that shit as much as I love the Nats. Let's go, boys. Goodbye, people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. We might have had our first uh, Muslim player, actually. Kikuta Mane. Oh, Yeah. But he's not ready. He's not. Oh yeah, he was. Yet, so. He was in camp. I didn't realize he was mm-hmm. Muslim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to think of another uh, Muslim player. I couldn't think of anyone for the U.S. So that'd be pretty cool. One of these days.